Hello and welcome back to another episode of Class and Up the Joint. It's the part of the Roll Report where we interview really amazing people about their very favorite character classes, subclasses, and everything in between and tangential to that. Uh, I have a wonderful, amazing guest I am very excited to talk to, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Please take it away. Howdy, darlings. I am Meadow. Uh, I go by she, they pronouns, and I am an Atlanta-based professional full-time DM and game runner. Uh, work at home, not in person. And it is my favorite thing to talk about D&D and all things TTRPG. So I am so stoked and grateful to be here. Yeah, we are so excited to have you. Thank you for coming on. Um, I I want to ask, since, since I haven't asked and we are just meeting, how... How did D&D draw you in or RPGs in general? Like where, where for you was that this, yes, this is what I want to be doing. Oh, goodness. Well, I think the first bite came with watching some actual plays online during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I had all day to myself to do absolutely nothing. And I was really gung-ho about staying at home. So I had to make home entertaining and, yeah. and I was getting tired of movies and shows and I found Dimension 20 um and watching those actual plays I was like I got to do I got to get in there I got to do mm-hmm. exactly that and I have to be as cool as these people are it seems like they're having so much fun and then after some of the restrictions began to be lifted there was a mass meetup for D&D where there was like 20 to 25 DMs all running the same one-shot module. Uh, And you could just come and sit down. They had pre-gens for your character sheets. And we went through. And every single minute there, I was like, this is my entire personality now. I have to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I have to figure out how to make money on this because no other job will be making me nearly as happy. Um, And I ended up moving down to Atlanta right after the pandemic. and started going to every local D&D meetup I could. Um, mm-hmm. I, that's where I started learning about other TTRPGs and, and other really fun um, ways to roll dice and play characters. And I ended up being one of the co-admins for Atlanta RPG. Uh, we do cool. weekly meetups for free for people who are like interested but don't have any experience or have done it before, but can't find uh, the scheduling to do a group campaign on a regular basis. Um, And from there, that's when I got into um, running online uh, for paid seats and sometimes for free, depending on the the event. Mm -hmm. And I have just, it's been like a big snowball of falling in love with playing and then wanting to infect as many people as I can with that same virus of like, oh no, D&D is the thing. This is what uh-huh. cool people do, trust me. Uh, and it's so fun when someone's like, what is D&D? I feel like I've heard of that. And I'm like, oh, oh Let yes. me tell you. <laughs> exactly that. Um, yeah. I get to do that all the time. So I'm I'm really happy with where uh i've landed and i hope i continue to you know snowball out of control well if i can just just to keep keep rolling along uh the first not most important but an important question what is your favorite character class or classes either to play or to dm for i guess either way 
Rogue, always Rogue, Rogue Forever, wow. Rogue Team, Rogue Babies. They are they are my absolute favorite. I main a Rogue. Um, mm-hmm. I did a one shot for some friends, and I said, I don't want to know your character sheet. I don't want to know what class mm-hmm. you're playing. Just bring a character to the table. You keep all of your stuff to, to yourselves. And my favorite, there were two rogues at the table, different subclasses. And I was mm-hmm. like, these players, these are the ones, these are the best. And uh, it wasn't that they were the best players. It's that I liked their characters the most. So mm-hmm. even when I don't know there are rogues at my table, I like the rogues. Sure. Um, they are so versatile without being imbalanced i think they are one of the hardest classes to min max uh so you're kind of like forced to play to your strengths and who doesn't love like i don't know who doesn't love a rogue who doesn't love a little stabby guy (laughs) Um, i i i adore a lot of the subclasses mm -hmm. there are some that aren't my favorite sure but uh i think they bring a lot of flavor to the table uh, and you're always going to need someone with sleight of hand because players, if they do nothing else, they will get up to some hijinks. You're Mm going to need someone who can either slip something into a pocket or grab something out. You have someone who can unlock a door. Otherwise the table will be sitting there talking for 45 minutes about what to do about this door in front of them. Uh, So I think rogues are useful. They are flavorful and for me personally, they're really fun to play. Yeah. I, I'm curious why you say they're difficult to min-max. Just for the sake of argument, I would say as long as you throw a bunch, presumably into dexterity, mm-hmm. and then depending on how you want to play, if you get one more good stat roll, intelligence or charisma, depending on how, and that can really set you up. But... Why 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 do you think that that they are harder to min max? So Dex is of course, you know, your main stat for a rogue. You're going to want to make that your highest stat. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a rogue who I did not play them, but they were at my table, who was her first time playing DD, and she played an entire campaign through with me with this rogue. I did not realize until like three sessions before the end of the campaign that Dex was her dump stat. Um, wow. It was interesting. And luckily, we were playing wild beyond the witchlight. So mm-hmm. uh, not, a, not a very combat heavy. There wasn't a lot of like things to get into. Um, but failed a lot of locked doors. <laughs> I wasn't able to do um, yeah. a lot of things like ev- like evasion and things like that because we didn't get up that level and high. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Dex is your highest stat, then you have a choice. If you're going to get into these hijinks, if you're going to be the rogue who is kind of like an emo bard, who is also seducing people, persuading people, um, ready to fail those pickpocketing checks by talking their way out of it, then of Mm -hmm. course you're going to want to put it into charisma. But I have have this thing about intelligent bar or uh, intelligent Mm -hmm. roads. I have this thing where I lose interest in them. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't mean to. Um, And I think with certain subclasses, it works very well. Um, But I feel like there are rogue subclasses missing to take advantage of 
min-maxing your different stats. Mm -hmm. There are quite a few classes where you can uh, min-max different things and like your spellcasting modifier will be different um, where you can have a, you know, not the strongest barbarian in the world and still get a lot done. Um, But for Rogue, if you're not maxing your dexterity, then you have this like gumbo pot stew of a character that Mm -hmm. is... With lots of proficiencies and expertise as well. Exactly. And things you may or may not expect. That you might not have anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I play a rogue with the dump stat in Constitution um, for the backstory. Like the backstory flavored it. Um, But I play this rogue differently because I have a dump stat in in Constitution. Um, My Constitution saving throws they're ass. They're awful all the time. They're never good. Yep. I've never had a good one, never passed one. <laughs> um, but my charisma is my spellcasting modifier. So my mm-hmm. charisma is higher than my dex, which is very odd for a rogue. So I, I think it all depends on flavor. But because there's Absolutely. such a wide berth of subclasses uh, for rogues, I think it it would be so much more fun to play around with mm-hmm. not min-maxing it. You would have more fun at the table, I think, if you weren't yeah. doing the standard array um, choice for rogues. Yeah. I mean, I I lo- always love rolling for stats because you get some very spicy yes! numbers there anyway. But I, I think uh, I, I really appreciate what you're saying about flavor and it's something that that I agree with and we've talked about that, like, just the rogue, there that class contains so many archetypes from, like, the, you know trauma backstory like i am the knight and i must stab (laughs) everyone in the back like from that like very morally ambiguous anti-heroic type to the the charlatan the like no i i'm going to present as a you know upstanding citizen and shake your hand and take your watch while i'm doing it you know exactly And, and the subclasses just add to that and and can create you know um what is it? It's like Scarlet Pimpernel is, I think, the classic literary one of like, you know, the the noble Frenchman who is secretly the gentleman thief at night. Yes. Oh, my so maybe God. Maybe Scarlet Pimpernel so or something else. Yeah. We love a good thief. We mm-hmm. love a good flavor. And it's surprising. Those surprises in your character build make for really beautiful role play moments and mm-hmm. and fun, eventful entertainment for the players at the table uh, when they realize what's really going on. And just to like, so one of the other things I've done is like try to call out a couple of the cool things that happen for different classes as you go and the subclasses. I'm not, I have decided that all the details are not important. But with rogues, I think one of the things that's fun to mention is they get that extra ability score improvement. They're, uh, I knew these numbers. It is most classes get five, rogues get six, fighters get seven. Yes. I think that's what it is, right? So you get one extra that can tailor your character building, you know, take a feat that enhances your charlatanness, you know, take uh, take resilient if you want to finally get better at some, a saving throw. <laughs> but you have that one extra one to play with, which I think is, is really important. Absolutely. Um, and so fun. And the list goes mm-hmm. on forever because once you've flavored your rogue, you then get to spice your rogue. Yeah. Um, and the feat list feels never ending when you're looking at it for the first time. It so. is one of the most intimidating things for new players. Seriously. I, I, have, 
I've gotten in the habit of m- most new games when I start and, and new players, and it's like, make your character and take a free feat. Give your character some starting flavor because I don't think that's overpowering anything. And I think it gives, it's an intimidating list to be sure, but a new player can then be like, oh, I want to be a chef. And you're like, you can be a chef. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are some Um, feats that come with those prerequisites. So mm -hmm. um, I don't really worry too much about those feats, but like that's, those are very often not the ones that people gravitate towards anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be like, oh, I want Fae Touched because I want to have like Misty Step. That's cool. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, let's put into your backstory how you like got lost in the Wild for a summer, which mm-hmm. ended up, you know, you came back. It was 200 years later because time yeah. maybe works different. Like, let's flavor this up. I love... Um, I love colorful backstories yeah. that are... Um, Standing on the strong foundation of a character build. I love that so much. Yeah, very much. Um, also going to mention like the amazing battlefield prowess you get with uncanny dodge and evasion as it evasion. goes on. And blind sense, if you take it up to 14th level, you'll get blind sight. I think it's, uh, I want to say it's 10 feet you know, and, uh, and elusive and stroke of luck if you go all the way to 20th level. Question, an important question. It's going to come up every time someone says rogue. Have you have you gotten a rogue to 11 to get reliable talent? And have you found the reliable talent curse to be true? So I have played a one-shot as a reliable okay. talent rogue. Um, yes, it's, it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's you every, any, treat anything under a 10 as a yep. 10, and then you will never roll higher than a 10 in any of your proficient skills ever yep. again. Yep. Uh, it's It sucks because, you know, you'll hit a nat 20 on, let's just say, sleight of hand or performance or something, and you're like, and this is before your reliable talent. You're like, level 10 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like oh that feels so good i knew it i knew it was going to be great because i'm Mm -hmm. great and then you take reliable talent and you're looking down at your dice and your dice are looking back at you mockingly (laughs) for the rest of your life Uh Uh, it was i think it was like that was probably one of the worst i've ever rolled and it was just a one shot so i wasn't super mad about it we found it funny at the end yeah um but it was terrible. And I was like, I, I'm scared to roll anything now. Well, and a lot of times, like, the kicker for me is by level 11, your proficiencies and, and your expertises, depending on how you did stat arrays and things, you're probably going to have plus 10 to, like, plus 13 or, like, 9 to 13 of those yeah. rolls. So you're like, well, it's a 7, so that means a 10, so that means 19, which is yeah. not bad, but you're like, well, if I just rolled above a 10, it would, you know, right? I get, I could get 20. to 30. Uh, my favorite thing ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope they don't see this, but one of my current DMs, uh, we are, I think, at level eight right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't played in like six weeks for scheduling issues, but uh, I have that this rogue and when I first joined this campaign, everyone else was at level four. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll hop in at level four. And they were like, also, go ahead and choose a wondrous item. Here's a list from a bunch of them. Cool. Like, you, you choose one to keep with you. Everyone's gotten one by now. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I saw Luckstone on that list. And I was like, a plus one to everything I ever do? 
I'm going to take that. So every mm-hmm. time I get a 14, nope, I'm passing that DC 15 check. Every mm-hmm. time I get a 19, actually, it's a, it's a dirty 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is my favorite thing in the world. So when I get to uh, level 11 with this group, I cannot wait for reliable talent because I have been stacking my yeah. stats very carefully so that I'll still hopefully be able to get at least 20 or higher uh, when we make those rolls. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hey everyone, Colin here, wanting to jump in for a moment to thank you once again for listening to the show. We love making it, I love making it, I'm having such a good time, and getting to talk to all these really amazing people about their favorite classes and throw shade at rangers is super fun. If you're enjoying the show, why not head over to patreon.com slash therollreport. If you give us a little bit of money every month, you'll get the full, unedited interviews, everything that we talk about with each guest on Class Up the Joint, and you'll never need to listen to me reading or talking at you or saying anything about how you should follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Roll Report Cast, or that you can leave us a five-star rating on your podcast network or platform of choice, and on Apple Podcasts, if you leave us a review, we'll read it on the air and give you a nice little shout-out, and you'll be helping new people, new listeners, find the show and enjoy all of the cool things that you are. So, thank you for listening no matter what. Back to the show. I mean, I I love, you know, a mastermind. I I love mm-hmm. some of those subclasses, but I think one of my favorite rogue subclasses that is not official, uh, it's a homebrew class um of like inquisitive mind. No, the inquisitive is one of them. It's like detective mm-hmm. mind, and it's basically mm-hmm. like a Sherlock hack. Mm-hmm. Um where like your proficiencies become investigation and um, intelligence um, stats and things like that. And it is so interesting. You get like advantage on investigation checks um, and perception checks. And it's so you, you can almost see the little like floating numbers around Mm -hmm. their head. Um, And I've, I've seen it played only once, but I I love homebrew stuff when it's balanced and done right. uh, Because, once you've played D&D for a certain amount of time, you're like, oh, my God, I need something new. Like, what else yeah. is there out there? Uh, and luckily, there are so many creative, smart, way more experienced people than me uh, who are able to build these subclasses that just fit yeah. so seamlessly in. I'm yeah. constantly in awe of people who can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So before moving on to subclass, I am curious which of the rogue subclasses you're going to throw shade at. Just a little bit, a little bit of shade. A little bit at the swashbuckler. Okay. Just a wee bit. Okay. Um, I I love the flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm always happy to see one at my table. Um, sure. But I don't feel like they give enough enough oomph, like enough to make Mm -hmm. me want to take that subclass for myself. I feel like every single subclass should be a struggle for you Mm. to not pick. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like you're like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. Oh my God, that's amazing. What Can you imagine if I could do that? Uh, And Swashbuckler is like, I mean, you can swing your sword pretty good. You can. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also am going to throw a little bit of shade at the classic thief. Just a wee bit. Okay. Um, because you're already able to do that if you've 
put the stats into dexterity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the benefits that come with it are, I mean, if you were to they're run not as, like a heist, but they're not as cool. They're not as like epic as not. what else is offered. They really are. Um, like you compare the arcane trickster's magical ambush, you know, where if you're hidden, uh, an enemy will have disadvantage on saving throws against your magic versus... Exactly. I'm just looking at this. Okay, uh, second story work. Uh, thief, you can, you, you can have climb. a climbing speed. <laughs> yes. And a running jump, uh, your distance increases by your dex modifier. Like, Yeah. It's yeah. it's not great. Um, mm-hmm. Unless, I mean, you can pair it with certain races, like um, uh, a Herringon, and that could be really mm-hmm. cool. Sure. Um, but you would have to work to make sure that your thief is as optimized as yeah. it comes pretty naturally with a lot of the yeah. other subclasses. Unless you want to make a really bad thief. Just Unless very you want to make a terrible thief. You know? yeah. And, you know, make sure that that charisma is high so you can talk your way out of it. Yeah. Uh, well, moving on then to favorite subclass or subclasses. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it might be a rogue one, but also... <laughs> Any other class is fair game. This weird, weird class agnostic when it comes to favorite subclass. Oh, man. I will go ahead and give you my top two favorite rogue, and I'll have to think about it for others because I do have some others that I I quite enjoy. Um, I love the inquisitive rogue. Mm -hmm. I, I love that there is someone who is always going to... I, I watched a lot of psych and monk and like house mm-hmm. growing up. So I'm very preferential to characters who notice the details and who are able to root out and uncover these uh, plot seeds that the DM has laid in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times things just go unnoticed because an insight check was failed or uh, a history check was failed or perception or whatever it may be. Uh, so I love the specific speciality of Mm -hmm. uh the inquisitive rogue but i love playing the arcane trickster because even though Mm -hmm. i made a rogue you want to be a caster everyone wants to have magic powers sometimes so like you want to do a little you know a little bit of that and i think arcane trickster allows you to be so creative uh when you're trying to steal something or distract someone or do what rogues do, uh, having things like minor illusion and mage hand and, and just little things. Cause you don't mm-hmm. get, uh, spells from just any school, you know, like it, it is specific no, it's, it's to what enchantment and illusion for, yes. for most of them, except I think, you know, three or four levels when you reach them, you can choose whichever spell. But yeah. Yeah. So like for the, for the most part, when you're starting out with it, you are learning spells that can help you be a better rogue. And then mm-hmm. as you become a better caster, your your range widens, which I think is so beautifully put and so accurate to how it would really go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love those two rogue yeah. subclasses. Yeah. So much. Those are wonderful. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out a couple of my favorite like features that they get and and let you think about if there are yeah. other subclasses. I I think the insightful fighting of the inquisitive rogue is really funny and interesting that you're fighting someone make an insight check and they have to make a deception check and then you can use your sneak attack if you succeed and and both that it's like a wonderful feature of this rogue and very appropriate for the flavor of it and how do you flavor that in combat you know 
yes. which I have done is like my inquisitive rogue insults someone and like says, you know, their dad isn't proud of them. And, <laughs> and like, that's, that's where it came from, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. The, the, the high level features, the unerring eye and eye for weakness are really cool. At 13th level, you can use an action to sense illusions, shape changers, and other magic designed to deceive the senses. So cool. You don't need yes. to like, you know, worry about having true sight or something. You can at least like kind of know what's going on. Yeah. And then you get an extra 3d6 of sneak attack on insightful feeding, uh, insightful fighting at 17th level. And then good. your sneak attack will be 13d6 plus whatever your base damage is. So you know? good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are super cool. Uh, Arcane Trickster, I mentioned one of my favorite things is the Magical Ambush, that at, at ninth level and above, if you're hidden when you cast a spell, it has disadvantage on saving throws. And the Spell Thief, well, also Versatile Trickster, distracting people with your Mage Hand as a bonus action and then gaining advantage. Super fun, you know, just yes. have someone tickle, like, to do. tickle that opponent with your Mage Hand out of sight, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then Spell Thief, that at 17th level, you can use your reaction to steal the knowledge of that spell for the next eight hours, and that creature can't cast it anymore. So good. It's so good. It's so much I just fun. get so hyped up about rogues because, you know, to start, there's not, there's not much you can do, though you have a lot of proficiencies, um, which definitely helps. But yeah. it's not like once you know what you can do, that's it until, you know, third, seventh even, because you have to wait a while mm -hmm. for evasion. Like you have to wait for these big level ups, which can take a while. Yeah. But once you're there, you're like the coolest dude at the party. You're the best guy. Everyone wants to hang out with you. You can do the coolest stuff and you can flavor it so well. Tickling someone, that is amazing. That just makes me so happy to think about. It's so um, good. I, I remember yeah. there was a pocket watch that they hung in front of them and pretended to hypnotize uh, mm -hmm. the opponent and then was like, stab. <laughs> it was <laughs> so fun. Um, like you're getting very sleepy. Also, internal bleeding. Both. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, so fun. Um, I, I do also feel, oh, this is going to, I don't know if this will get me hate or not, but I really, really, really enjoy Rangers. Um, and so wow. <laughs> oh, now, okay. First person on the show that has said they enjoy Rangers beyond, uh, I think we have just specifically mentioned Gloomstalker as a subclass that is cool. Yeah, about them, I mean, and but... Gloomstalker is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really, really like Rangers. I think that um, most people's beef with them uh, mm -hmm. comes from uh, the switch from 3.5 to 5e and mm -hmm. how different they became and how it feels like they got underpowered by that. Because um, they used to be like a mix of, I guess, druid and fighter. Um, mm -hmm. which is still their flavor, but they don't have a lot of the same abilities. Okay. Before moving on, were, they, were there any other subclasses that came to mind as like, yes, those are my jam? I really like, 
Um, mm. Circle of Stars Druids. Ooh, okay. I, I've never played one, but I've been at the table with them. Uh, and I'm constantly in awe uh, of how cool they are. I, I mean, I like Circle of Spores too, but Circle of Stars really, uh, I think, is this... I That's like what I picture when I think of like Merlin and like classic, yeah. like like caster classic magic user is someone who mm -hmm. sees these secrets in the stars and um it's just yeah. really cool to watch them to watch them work um they have this like cool starry form which is just really good flavor um and it's it's like wild shape but like into stars which is mm -hmm. really cool i just i feel like it's a very cinematic flavorful um yeah subclass and very pretty very girly pop i support it um it's got some like <laughs> magical girl vibes yes I feel like, like very yeah. sailor moon if sailor moon was also <laughs> old bearded man. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I like that it also, like, it to me, it has some flavor of the divination wi wizards once you get to the cosmic omens yes. later in that tree yes. and some other things. Oh, and, my yeah. goodness. Wheel and Woe is so fun. And I, I just love seeing it played out. I haven't gotten the chance to play a Circle of Stars Druid, but, like, the second I mm -hmm. get the opportunity, I mm -hmm. absolutely will. We we have one on on the podcast who is multi-classed with a bard right now, and I'm <gasps> really curious. Kaya has had a very, I think, concrete idea of how they wanted to play their character, and I am so curious as we keep going and leveling up, like which yeah. branch of those trees they're going to take. We've 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 had some kind of off-table discussion of like plans that I have for like every character's backstory later on and how it's going to yeah. go. And I was like, I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want you to know, here are some things that I'm thinking of. And I've, I've encouraged them to lean into what does the character want? Like, as you yes. play it more, do they want to go into this, like, nature magic druid thing that is maybe connected to their heritage and ancestry? Do they want to be the bard and do the, like, I am here to play music and have a good time thing yes. of being, like, the 14-year-old genasi that they are? Oh, what kind of genasi? Uh, Water Genasi. Yay, um, my favorite! I, I think they're really cool. It's <laughs> it's fit with our campaign world really well, uh, that it's it's all an archipelago of islands and water and ocean. Mm. And and they, they want to do things with it that I'm like, that is mechanically speaking not what you should do, but I don't care. We, uh, recent episode that uh, was published uh, maybe last month, I was like, okay, well, you're surrounded by a crowd of people and roll, you know, roll an acrobatics or athletics to get out of the way and not lose speed on this person you're trying to chase. And they said, you know, rolled a dirty 20 something, roll, rolled very well and was like, can I turn into mist? I was like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Technically speaking, rules is written, no, but yes. 100%, you rolled so well, you evaporate into mist and re-coalesce re yourself outside of this crowd of people. Sure. Amazing. You know, yeah, rules of cool, I feel, makes games so much more fun. Um, yeah. And I feel like people have a lot more fun at the table when you're at least willing to lean into it. You don't have to be entirely like anything goes, but leaning into that rule of cool, I think, really builds the experience yeah. in a good way. I, I think especially when it's it's something like like that where, you're, where it doesn't 
matter. It's not going to affect the game if I let someone break that mechanical rule for a moment just for a really cool flavor of yeah. them getting out of the way of this thing. You know, they also have, they have an octopus living in their hair and uh, a fish living in their leg because they're, they're, their approach to this has been my whole body is made of water. That's kind of like, you know, it's somewhere between like one of the ooze races and, yeah. or species and, uh, and a genasium. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I don't, magic. I don't need to explain this. I just love that you were so into this and you have really yes. creative ideas. That's fine. Yeah. That is amazing. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Um, well, Meadow, thank you so much for coming on the show to to chat and hang out. Uh, it has been a delight to to talk to you and to know you. Uh, where can people find you if if they would like to? Where where should they go to see your content or or learn more about you? Yeah, um, you can find me on TikTok where I post about D and D and TTRPGs all the time at Howdy Love Darlin'. If you are looking to actually play a game with me, uh, whether that be a one-shot or join one of my campaigns, uh, some of which are ongoing West's Marches style, you can find me on startplaying.games at Howdy Love Darlin' GM. Uh, I'm always open to messages. I love building specialty one-shots, so I have done a lot of birthday events. Um, I've done a couple of bachelor parties uh, for one-shots, which have been really fun. Uh, so I would love if you would hang out with me at, on TikTok and come find me when you're ready to play yeah. and start playing. Yeah, amazing. Find Meadow on TikTok. They're amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rogues, arcane tricksters, inquisitive, some ranger love, finally. Someone finally. who's not just throwing shade and some <laughs> amazing druid love. Uh, this is amazing. I will make sure we have links for all the things in our show notes when the episode goes up. And I don't know. I still don't have sign-offs and things. It's like the weirdest part of Thank you.